In the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. I can't help. Before I begin, I just have to say welcome back because there are many of you here today who have not been here for a long time, some due to COVID, some because you've moved. So um, I just, it's wonderful to see a lot of old timers back. Sorry about the loss, Gino, but glad you made it to church today. So, oh, it's later. Okay. I see. I misread a Facebook post, so now I know. Keeping my finger. Okay. Here we go. So, Wow, awesome readings today, right? (laughs) Nothing says Sunday like a good beheading. (laughs) And our readings, they really couldn't be more different from each other. In the first one, you have King David leaping for joy as he moves the ark to Jerusalem. He's filled with praise and glory and is making strategic choices. Do not be fooled. And the other is King Herod beheading John the Baptist, filled with conspiracy, fear, and perhaps bad choices. At first glance, it would seem that the only thing that connects these two readings is that dancing figures prominently in each story. But I promise you that if we dig down just a little bit more, we might find some deeper connections that in turn speak to our relationship with God. So as many of you know, we've been in the middle of a Bible study for the past 20 weeks. Four more weeks to go, folks. And at the end of that Bible study, I always ask, how does this scripture speak to your everyday life? Because that's one of the reasons we read the Bible. We don't read the Bible so that we know the story. We read the Bible so we know how the story changes our life. We listen when we read for where God is speaking to us. So over the past 20 weeks, we've been reminded of stories that we have forgotten. We've realized there were stories in there that we had no idea were in the Bible in the first place. And then we realized there were stories that either repeat or they didn't show up where we thought they were supposed to show up and we're like, wait a second. But if you were in Bible study, the week we were studying the books of Samuel, You would know that the scene today of King David leaping down the road is one of my favorites due to the interpretation of this scripture on film played out by none other than Richard Gere. Do not YouTube it while in church, please. (laughs) Yet the film clip and our lectionary reading, right? Those are the people who say you're going to read this today and not that. So the film clip and the lectionary both leave out an important part of the story. Look in your bulletins. Normally I'd make you open up the Bible, which is why we have them in the pews, but it's summer, so I'm going to go easy. Look in your bulletins, and you'll see it says 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, and then a dash, and we go immediately to 12b. Anybody remember what is in 6 through 12a? It's juicy. (sighs) Man, it's good, it's good. So while this scene was cut, what happens is 
the, the cart that carries the ark, which is the presence of God, right? This is God. Remember the scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark? They open it up, everybody's face melts. Okay. So, like, powerful piece of equipment here, right? So they're going down, and, and the ox cart, like, tips a little bit, and a servant of the ark goes like this to right it. And what happens if you touch God? You die. God, anyway, we'll get to that. Even Moses knew better than to try to touch God, right? So the servant reaches out to steady it, and his contact with God in that physical presence kills him instantly. And a little freaked out, King David goes, oh, wait a second, um, we're just going to stop here, and like leaves the ark in his friend's garage for a few days while he gets his nerves back, and then they resume with the whole thing had to get through the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So I find it funny that this has been left out. All right, maybe I understand it, but still. And it's important because in Bible study, as we read scripture, especially in the Old Testament, I think we're often surprised to see God act swiftly and decisively in ways that we didn't expect, such as killing off of a servant who was only trying to help, or King David's fear of what might happen. And we often want to say, well, I don't like that part of God, or I can't, won't, or don't follow a God like that. I like the kinder, gentler God that we find in Jesus. Any of those familiar? If you're doing Bible study, I can guarantee you've heard them. And that's okay. Yet in both of these readings, there is a firm message that following God is not for the faint of heart. God is God, powerful, and even overwhelming in times. Following God, is, who is this powerful, can change your life in an instant. And perhaps the most frustrating part to us now is that when you follow God, you are not always in control. And how many of us like giving up control? Yeah. There are all, all of these are good reasons. It's powerful, it's overwhelming, my life could change in an instant, I'm not in control. These are all good reasons to throw in the towel and say, I'm just going to be a good person who does good things, or I'm just going to be spiritual but not religious. Because then I don't have to believe in this powerful God. And to that I say, we cannot let fear guide our lives. While King David takes pause before resuming his trek to Jerusalem, in the end he does not let fear stop him. King David is reminded of the power of following God even in the death of his servant, and yet he draws upon his faith and maybe a sense of duty, and I'm totally going to say also the politics of the time, he really needed to get the ark to Jerusalem to make it the capital. But he returns to his mission because his faith leads him. 
In spite of his fear of what the power of God can do, he dances and he celebrates and he shares God's bounty, bread and meat and raisin cakes, whatever those are. And he shares all of this with all of Israel in this moment because his fear cannot stop him. And then we get to the beheading of John the Baptist. I know you all were waiting for me to get there because what's up? You get to the beheading of John the Baptist, which is another Mark and Sandwich, which Reverend Stephen taught us about last week. So the Gospel of Mark likes to start a story and then stop and put another story in between and then go back and finish off this story. And so the sandwich goes like this. The bread of the sandwich is Jesus is sending out the 12 disciples. And he says, go, preach, teach, cast out demons. And then we get the story of John the Baptist. And then the bottom, that's the meat, the filling, peanut butter, jelly, ham, whatever you want. And then the bottom is, probably not ham, the bottom is uh, the return of the 12 disciples. Telling Jesus all the great things that happened. So here we have this story of John in the middle of what the disciples are called to do. And it seems a warning not only to them, but to us today, that following God is not always warmly received. There is risk in being moral and ethical. And yet with spreading God's love through healing and teaching, we have a choice. John the Baptist stood on his morals when he spoke truth to Herod and Herod's wife Herodias, not to be confused with the daughter Herodias. Herod married the wife, whose daughter had the same name, who danced, who then went on to request John's head. But John the Baptist Herodias did not like him because he said, your marriage in the laws of Judaism is not valid. And his truth-telling cost him his life. Just like Jesus. Just like some of the disciples. Just like martyrs down through the ages. And yet again, fear is not the final word. Faith is. Even with the powerful government behind Herod and later Pilate, Jesus continues to teach and to heal. And the disciples continue to follow his message and to spread the good news. In both readings, following God is too powerful to deny, despite the fear, despite knowing the risk. King David and the Israelites, disciples down through history to us sitting here today, we persist in the face of danger because of God's ability to bring love, God's ability to bring healing, a better way of caring, a deeper way of supporting one another. That which God gives to us is too powerful, too life-changing to deny. Our society today is often fear-driven and fear-based. Don't miss out, and you never have enough. Yet while our God, yet our God, while powerful, 
and perhaps even life-demanding in ways that makes us squirm from time to time. Our God's power to change our lives for the better, to bring calm to our fear, to support us in our striking out to do what is right in the eyes of God, our God never leaves us. God's love conquers all fear. King David's, the disciples, and even us when we are scared to fully step in and trust in God's loving power. So I ask you, as I ask at the end of every Bible study, where do these stories and what they teach us about God intersect with your life? How do your fear and your faith dance together? Amen.